0: Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of Kimi and the Bird. I'm
1: Kami. I'm Taylor. And in today's episode we are giving a non-spoiler review about the transcendent and war-torn Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross.
0: If this is your first time listening, welcome! Here's how our book reviews work. We'll give you a little synopsis about the book, chat about the characters, and give our thoughts on the setting and writing style.
1: And of course we'll list out our favorite things about Divine Rivals and we'll end the episode with a rating of the book.
0: Now, if you like this episode or this show or what we do, we would love to have your support. Donating to Kiwi and the Bird helps us so much. It keeps the show running, aids with giveaways and other fun activities, and enables us to grow. If you're interested, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below or visit our Venmo, which is also at Kiwi and the Bird. And now,
1: on to the show.
0: Divine Rivals is a young adult fantasy told through the eyes of protagonists Iris Winnow and Roman Kitt. This book has kisses and a sex scene, but it is not explicit. It's kind of your PG-13, CW, vague, almost blow-out-the-candle kind of romance scene.
1: Yeah, like it's a little spicier than Twilight, but not much.
0: That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kami is going to give you the synopsis.
1: The slumbering gods have awoken, and war is overtaking western Cambria piece by piece. Aspiring columnist Iris Winnow has yet to hear back from her brother from the front lines, and occupies herself by writing at the Gazette for money, as well as torturing her competitor, Roman C. Kit. Though Roman appears detached and haughty at first, he is secretly receiving Iris' correspondence through unknown magic. And then one night, Roman writes back, igniting an unexpected romance between the two rivals. But as the war continues to encroach on the countryside, misfortune will lead Iris to the battlefront, where she can report the soldiers' stories and the truth. Amidst unknown identities, handwritten secrets, and the brutal realities of war, Iris must
0: confront both the battlefield and the conflict in her heart. If we ever don't end a synopsis with the mention of a heart. Or love. Or love. Or, or fire. Or, or some sort of like attraction-based desire. line. yeah. Then we have been possessed, Mm -hmm. and you need to call the CIA. And shoot us. (laughs) (laughs) One of the protagonists in Divine Rivals is Iris Winnow. A true writer at heart, she doubts her abilities, but weaves magic with every word. Iris writes to her brother and hopes to keep their small family together, but the longer the war wages, the further they're torn apart. Through her tightly wound emotions, words, and awareness, Iris has the power to change people's minds and touch their hearts. If only she lets herself. So, Kami, what did you think about Miss Iris Winnow? I liked Iris. I liked her development,
1: and I like—I really liked her relationships with the other characters. Um, it was kind of like the start of something, I felt like. And she, Iris actually kind of dominates most of the story. It's mm-hmm. kind of more Iris' story than it is Iris and Roman's. And overall I think she was just like a very stable character.
0: Yeah, I think what I really liked about Iris was that she her emotions were very much a part of her. She felt very deeply um she wrote a lot of her heart into her words. And so I really liked seeing that because I feel like when Iris spoke with um like her coworkers or something, you're kind of seeing Iris on the outside. But then when she wrote, you were seeing Iris on the inside and it was super powerful and well thought out and it just was very connecting. And so I loved that, that I did feel that from her and that I was feeling things through her and I could kind of see the world through the scope of her eye. With that, because her emotions are so powerful, I thought certain moments in the book would impact her a little bit more. Mm. And so I think in that sense incongruence with her character i wish they did because i felt like that would oh. pertain to her reactions more no i see what you mean but overall i did feel like she carried the story well like you said she's kind of the dominant perspective in the book and i liked that she had heart i love characters with heart
1: in divine rivals we also meet roman kit a highborn whose life is written for him by his father Roman is resigned to repress his desires and, of course, take the columnist position at the Gazette in order to gain prestige for his family. Yet, the more he reads Iris's words, the more he feels inspired to take charge of his own story and usurp expectations, which just might lead to the author of his emotions. So, Tate, what did you think about our male lead, Roman?
0: I liked that Roman did have that competitive edge to him. He was a little haughty at first, like we said in the description. He was kind of arrogant and cocky and a little bit uh, presumptuous and a little bit, um, what's it called when you're rich and you look down on people? Snobby? Sure, we'll go with snobby. And so I liked kind of seeing that side of him because I think those characteristics in certain situations can be really fun and entertaining. I think the only, I think the main thing for me with Roman is that while I appreciated his, his arc, because I think he probably took precedence of the arc in the story. I think he had the most transformation in terms of personality and circumstances. And so I feel like I loved seeing the qualities that he had, but I do wish that there were more things that were, I don't want to say harder for him, but maybe a little bit more significant so that his decisions weren't so easy it seems mm. but what about you?
1: I agree. I liked that he did have a position in the story right like he was competing with Iris like he had his own struggles and his own background with his family like new things were being introduced into his um into his story in the present of of the plot but we lost a lot of that in the second half. And so it was kind of like Roman was just there for Iris. He wasn't a character of his own accord. It's like he didn't really have anything of his own anymore.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is, I think it's totally fine if another if a character is inspired by another character, yeah, and like and is willing to do things for that character or to sacrifice. There's nothing wrong with that for me. But I do think, like you said, I still wanted him to retain something for himself. Mm-hmm even in his pursuits for another person. Now let's move on to setting. Divine Rivals takes place in the country of Cambria, specifically in the city of Oath and Avalon Bluff. While the city of Oath is reluctant to believe the severity of war, Avalon Bluff has seen it firsthand, as the region resides close to the war front and has witnessed the gods' wraths. So what did you think about our setting, Cambria, Cambria, sorry if I mispronounced that, Oath and Avalon Bluff?
1: This was actually one of my favorite parts of the story in that she kind of made her own fantasy world based on a time period and or country that is in the real world. So I think this was definitely like 19, early 1900s, um, like America.
0: Oh, you thought it was America? I thought it was Britain.
1: Either one. I could see either one.
0: Yeah. I think it's because of the trucks, like the way she, like, described oh, trucks.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's more Britain, but, like, up until that point, I was in America. So I could honestly see both. But she, she did that, but she, like, weaved her own magic into it, right? And I thought that was, it was so intelligent to make um, kind of, like, a World War One esque kind of setting with multiple gods and things like that.
0: Yeah, I think the setting was definitely a strong part in the story in that you definitely got the vibes of like 1900s, either America or UK, (laughs) depending on how you read it, Um, but that it also still very much felt its own. I felt like I could really see and imagine and get the taste of each uh, land and the cities. And I did really enjoy the lore. Actually, when I was reading the lore, I was like, Kami's going to love this. I love
1: world building. Like, strong world building aspects are my favorite parts about any story. And I loved it. Now we are going to move on to our next topic, which is writing style. What did you think about our author, Rebecca Ross, Taylor?
0: I think Rebecca, which is our second Rebecca. Rebecca. Two Rebecca's in a row. What's up? I think Rebecca Ross did a really great job in the story. Actually, when I was reading this story, her writing style reminded me of A Far Wilder Magic by Alison Saft. Oh. Um, I felt like, though their voices are different, their writing style f- um, had similarities. Or, like, if, if you liked A Far Wilder Magic, I think you'd really like this book. I think you, it has the same tonality or at least the same atmosphere that I think you'd gravitate toward. But I think she did a great job of integrating, again, like we said, the setting with the mythology. Um, And I think her characters were, I liked, I liked her characters and how their positions were unique to the story. It's not often in a YA book that you see things from like a columnist, oh gosh, how do you say that? Columnist Columnist. point of view. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was a very interesting perspective to bring to the story. And I thought she wrote it very well and- I liked how the story only centered around that aspect, like the plot very much revolved around the news and writing and letters and things like that. I think like you mentioned, I think the lore could have been weaved in a little bit more throughout the story. It kind of took me a bit to kind of grasp the concept of the gods, which I don't mind. I know with fantasies, you kind of have to have it sink in, but I think I did want just a little bit more
1: I agree. Um, when I was reading this book, I could tell that Rebecca Ross was an experienced author. Um, I I wasn't entirely sure, but I kind of looked this up afterwards, and she has written other stories, so like this is not her first. This isn't a debut novel, and you can really tell through her writing because she actually flows through her chapters very well, and I think that her strongest points were her setting, her world building, her descriptions, um.
0: And her lore. Now, if you like.
1: Typewriters.
0: Rivals to lovers.
1: Love letters.
0: Siblings.
1: Warring gods.
0: World War One esque time period. England. Hints of magic. Mythology. Lockets.
1: Anonymous pen pals.
0: Dual identities. Middle names. Oh, we even say here. Sitting on a lap slash straddling. Yes, that's a thing. We're consistent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pointed chins.
0: Crinky Nans, Arranged Marriages, and A Far Wilder Magic by Allison Saft.
1: And you might really enjoy this book.
0: Then you might as well give it a read. Give it a go.
1: You might go to your local library, support libraries, and check it out.
0: Or you could go to your bookstore, not ben. to demote libraries, but just to provide another option.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, Taylor,
1: based on a unique rating scale of one to seven, one being literal trash and seven being fangirl mania what would you rate divine rivals by rebecca ross
0: i think there are a lot of things to love about this book i do think it's very unique again the time period and the setting intermixed with the mythology and then the fact that you kind of have the pressure and doom of war mixed with young lovers i think this book is a very attractive book and i do hope to see it continue to keep going on the rise Um, while I do wish that maybe certain aspects of the book were tweaked, or maybe I had like a few things here and there, it overall did not detract from my enjoyment. So because of that, I'm going to give this book a 5.3, which on our rating scale is feeling my shelf. Yeah, we were
1: feeling that.
0: We were, our shelves were feeling something. (laughs) Um, but what about you? Um, I would love
1: to just hijack yours <laughs> and say a 5.3 because that's what I said a few weeks ago.
0: To say consistent with myself.
1: Exactly. Because of all of those reasons, a 5.3. If you want me to go into a little more, I do agree with Taylor. I think it is a very original story, which I really, really appreciated. Um, and like I said, it ebbed and flowed fairly well within like all of the chapters and everything that was happening. There were things in the story I did want to be explained more or to be just dis- like just to explore it more. But I think that was just my own expectations. I think, yeah, overall this is a pretty good story. And the fact that it is getting hype makes me excited for the future of books. So this this makes me hopeful. Thank you so much for joining us on Kiwi and the Bird for a book recommendation episode about Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. We hope that you'll join us in our upcoming episodes.
0: Don't be afraid to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at King we and the Bird. We are also on Threads, fun fact. I still don't really know what Threads is.
1: What the frick is that?
0: But we're on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're also on TikTok as well. We've been oh. on TikTok for years. We just don't
1: talk about it. Yeah, it's because we have videos and like my face is on there. <laughs>
0: Once more, if you'd like to support the podcast, just click on the link in the episode description.
1: We hope you liked today's recommendation. Join us for our upcoming book discussion episode where we're going to spoilers and details about divine rivals.
0: And remember, like a library, at Kiwi the Bird, shh happens. If you made it this far, get ready for some bloopers.
1: wait a minute who are you that's like when when i'm driving and i can't read the license plate in front of me and it worries you
0: well i mean understandably
1: (laughs) (laughs) we come up with the synopsis every time like we don't just like copy and paste nonsense Mm -mm. okay we come up with them on the spot and sometimes it takes us 10 minutes and sometimes
0: it takes us upwards of an hour. <laughs> because we're so funny as we ride it,
1: <laughs> And because sometimes we'll just sit there in silence just thinking.
0: <laughs> so, and we'll just be looking at each other.
1: Just like, oh. Yeah. So I uh, appreciate that more. Thank you. Amidst unknown identities, handwritten secrets, and the brutality,
0: what? Son of a. <sighs> Is brutality a combination of brutal reality? No, I think it's just a um, brutal with an itty.
1: I think it's just brutal as a noun. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Continue.
0: (laughs) We're acting like we've eaten food. (laughs) But we haven't eaten food. I like how us acting drunk just means we've eaten food. But none of that has happened right now. Kami, I I will never forget the peanut butter square. (laughs) Irish writes her brothers and her, oh brothers, nope, just one. Okay, <laughs> no singular. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I love how we're a little dramatic in these, a little. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think I did wish that she had. No, it wasn't her. I lied so hard. You were gonna
0: roll with it, wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I bull crap my way through everything. It's the only way to do stuff i It's like I convince myself of my lie in the moment. That's called a pathological liar. <laughs> there is indeed a term for that. I can't believe you're calling me out like this, but it's so true <laughs> and don't we want that all? Well, we yeah. don't want our brothers to be missing. <laughs> Take the columnist, column. columnist, columnist.
1: columnist.
0: Yeah. It's like golem, but column with ist. an ist. <laughs> it's an ist. So it's really not like that at all. <laughs> no,
1: honestly, my throat is really dry, and I'm like, I thought I drank water today.
0: Apparently, well, did I drink water today? You don't drink water. Yeah, I think that. I think this might just be an issue for me in general. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically in the city of Oath, and oh, I said Oath right. It just felt weird. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep gulp there. <laughs> that was so. That was so prevalent. I felt it in, in my own throat. I was like, oh dear. Quantity of
1: sex scenes. Like in terms of
0: pacing, like how do you? you where where do you go? Where do you go after you have sex? Where do you go? They're
1: like, there are steps to a romance, and then, and then so that you have sex, and then like, you have to do the whole, oh, but we broke up, but then we came back together, and then it's that whole nonsense.
0: Well, but Kay? also, too, I'm like, once you have sex, you just have to talk to each other now. <laughs> That's what marriage is. Gross! <laughs> and usually, the plot is dependent upon the romance. True. Yeah. So then it kind of, you're stopped. You're You're limboed. Yeah. Except there's no one holding the stick. You're just by yourself. I'm gonna let that sink in. If you enjoyed our content, don't free you all Oh I am afraid. I am afraid <laughs>